Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and oh my gosh, we are going to have so much fun on the show today. And you know what? Instead of diving right in and telling you what this show is going to be about, I am going to leave you hanging for a few more minutes. And the reason that I'm going to do that is because I want to ask you, as my listener, a few questions. So you can kind of get some of your creative juices flowing. Are you, are, are you game? I thought you would be. Okay. What was something that you used to do when you were a kid that was so much fun? Second question. Are there things that you used to do as a kid that were so much fun that you no longer do as an adult? And then my third question. Why not? <laughs> now I hope you're really curious. Today's guest, we have got this amazing woman, Kim Skipper Corbin. Now, she has created this I Skip movement way back in 1999 when she became so inspired after skipping for the first time as an adult. And she decided to invite the rest of the world along to join her. Now, she's been organizing regular group skipping events in San Francisco. She's written a ton of different articles. She's been on TV. This is like such this huge worldwide phenomenon that she is creating. We will go into more specifics about her and her corporate background and what she does, but for right now, I'm just so darned excited about skipping. I want to bring on Kim Skipper Corbin to talk to you about the joys of skipping. So welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my gosh, this is just crazy. Me too. Okay. I, I kind of set up this intro about skipping as a play thing. Skipping is a fun thing, but it's so much more than that. Can you tell my audience a little bit about skipping and, and what it is and, and what it actually does for a person? Yeah. So skipping is a great exercise for the body, mind, and spirit. Um, for me, when I first started it, it was all about the fun and the freedom. And, and when I decided that I was going to try and get the world to skip, that was my goal. But I was really surprised that as the website started getting out there and I started hearing from media people, all the fitness magazines contacted me and wanted to know about the physical fitness benefits. And it has a really surprising number of physical fitness benefits. It's easier on your joints than running is. It's a lot more fun. It, it's also something that a lot of adults haven't done for a long time. So it helps break you out of the kind of the same old routines that you do 
all the time. Um, it, if you skip as fast as you run, which I never do because I'm all about the, the fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if you do that, there was a study that was just done at East Carolina University that says that skipping burns twice as many calories as running does. Um, it wow. also has a lot more calories than walking does. For me, though, uh, um, the measure of a good skip is how much fun you have from point A to point B. So I've, and there's been times where I've skipped for a mile or two at a time. And there are people who skip an entire marathon, believe it or not. Wow. Yes. <laughs> but for me, if the fun and the spirit of skipping isn't there, then it, it's, it misses the point. Because for me, that's what it's all about. Right. Um, and then uh, perhaps my favorite benefit is that it really helps you get in touch with the voice in your heart. So every time I skip, and I've been skipping for 20 years now, the voice in my brain, my logical voice that's trying to protect me says, oh, you better not skip. It used to right. say, it, don't skip. People think you're crazy. Don't do that. And now it says, oh, you're going to annoy people with your joy. You better keep it down. Causes a scene. Um, and I love that annoy people with your joy idea. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, so, but over, over time, that critical voice is there, but the voice in my heart loves to skip. And so every time I choose the voice in my heart over that critical, more critical, protective, logical voice, the voice in my heart gets stronger. And then it translates into other areas of my life. So when I sit down to write the book that I've been working on for 20 years, that voice says, oh, what's the point? You've been trying to do this for 20 years. You'll never be able to do that. And I say, oh, I know that voice because of my skipping experience. I've gotten to know it so well, and I've become more empowered in my ability to choose otherwise and to choose the voice of joy and the voice of spirit instead. So. I love how you put that, that you know that voice, because you're right, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is that that voice is coming up in response to, whether it's the book or the skipping. I, I really like how you characterize that as knowing that voice. Yes. And because we, we all have both. We have the, the, you know, I used to call it the, my inner critic and it, it can be critical, but it's also important. I mean, it's trying to protect me. So, so often now I just am like, well, I, I used to think that I could just skip past that voice and it would be gone, but you right. can't skip past anything, you know? Like, so now I I've come to, to learn that. And so now I, I just recognize it. I thank it for its caution. And then I choose otherwise. Right. Oh, I love that. Now, something that I set up kind of a lot in my intro and you've mentioned it a couple times too, is skipping quote, as an adult. And it just, what, what really has hit me in reading your information and looking, you know, at the stories online is everybody always puts that qualifier in there. As an adult, kids skip all the time. Why do we stop skipping? It's very interesting. I've had so many great conversations with people about this. It seems like it happens around the time we go to junior high. Um, and then you're trying to be like everyone else and people are trying to be cool and grown up and teachers often will say, you're not a kid anymore. Don't skip. People have told me those stories. Huh. I think that's around the time that it starts to happen 
And then it just, it, it's, it's pretty baffling. I mean, there are people who are just natural born skippers. And, and I didn't expect that when I put up my website, I thought it was just this really novel idea. But as it turned out, and the reason that the skipping movement grew so quickly was that there were thousands of people all over the country who'd already been skipping for years. And interestingly, it's also something that, I mean, like in soccer players and football players, they all use it in training because it is such a good physical exercise. Right. Um, so it, it is out there, but it's more the, um, just the permission to let go. Like we become so serious as adults and so in control that it's hard for a lot of people to just let go and be spontaneous and be silly and, and let that childlike part of themselves that's still in there out to play. Mm -hmm. And again, that permission to let go. Skipping actually, at least to me, doesn't look that weird. No, it doesn't. And, and it's funny because our critical, our logical, critical, protective voice says people are going to think you're crazy. Well, in actuality, most people do not look at you weird. They smile or they say, skip to my loo or that, you know, they're just pleasantly surprised by it. Right. But it's not like people are looking at you. I mean, there might be some people, but I I choose not to let people who would judge me for skipping determine how I live my life. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's such a joyous movement that it's actually uplifting just to watch someone skip. You know, it is because since I have met you and learned about your movement, I've been skipping more often. And just to give you a brief history of my skipping background, as a fitness trainer, Oftentimes in class, when we have room, I will incorporate skipping because of how the way it coordinates the two hemispheres of the brain, you know, the left and the right and the movement. And there's so many, you know, mental benefits and brain benefits as well as physical benefits. But after meeting you, I thought, you know what? I don't really love running. I'm going to start skipping. And I've taken some great pictures. I need to post and send them to you. Oh, but <laughs> oh, I will. I will. But every time I have skipped, I have gotten a positive response. Not only that people will say something to me, but they smile at me. Not once, not ever have I had somebody sneer at me or give me a dirty look. Yes. And then, you know, what's really fun is people will just join in automatically too. Like you'll pass them and they'll just skip a few steps when you go by them. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And how many things are there in our that we've just bought into with a collective culture that says, oh, you know, you can't do this because of this. And it's actually not true <laughs> at all. Right. No, that is so true. Um, okay. You've talked quite a lot about, well, not quite a lot, but a little bit about the physical benefits. And I didn't know some of those things, you know, that it burns more calories than running, although that makes perfect sense. Um, but what about some of the mental and emotional benefits? Well, it definitely uplifts the spirits. Um, if you think about running, an animal runs usually out of fight or flight to get away from something, to get somewhere quickly. And skipping is more like an animal, animal frolicking or playing in the field. So it's, it's really kind of that, that state of mind. My personal skipping practice right now is that I treat skipping as my dessert exercise. So Ooh. I go and I do my regular workout. I'll do 20 minutes on the Stairmaster and stretch and lift some weights. And then I go into the empty workout room in the morning and I pick whatever song. I love Queen's Fat Bottom Girls. It's one of my favorites. And I'll put it on my, my iPod or my iPhone. 
and just for that one song, just skip and play and twirl and just really let that childlike part of me come out to play. Because it's that childlike part of us holds the key to our imagination and our creativity and our sense of wonder. And, and it's just so often we can get so bogged down with everything that we have to do that we lose sight of that. So that's one of the biggest mental benefits is it can really open up that world of possibility and imagination if we intentionally set the tone mm-hmm. and it also it lifts our energetic vibration. Um, and just, you know, just like, we just like having a moment like that intentionally every day can, can really just be uplifting to your overall life. Right. I, I like the intentionality of it because Fitness is one thing, and I agree that sometimes we do need structured fitness. We do need to do so many reps, uh, you know, so many sets, so many whatever, because we do need to challenge our bodies to get stronger um, as we age to maintain. But I like the intentionality of skipping for fun. And I can think about so many nights where I've come home from work or from a hard day or I've had a setback. And, you know, instead of plopping on the couch, um, chilling to Netflix, having your, you know, glass of wine that turns into two or three glasses of wine, I would think one song of skipping or skipping to the end of the street and back would be a huge mental mindset shift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just much more healthy and much more fun. And, and again, I kind of like, I mean, this is me, I'm the flaunt girl, but I kind of like the idea of people looking at me as I skip because I know I am also improving their state of mind by making them smile. And to me, that's kind of a gift. Absolutely. I like to say skipping is a good spectator sport. <laughs> <laughs> It uplifts the people that see you as well. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Now, iskip.com is your website, and it says it's the home of the worldwide skipping movement. And what I want to know is how is skipping viewed in the rest of the world? I mean, is the U.S. just like the rest of the world, or are there some cultural differences that we contend with here versus somewhere else? There definitely are um, some differences. The, the biggest example I have is in the UK. In the UK, whenever you talk about skipping, automatically people assume that you mean skipping rope. Even more, it oh. happens here too, but even more so in the UK, they don't say skipping, it's all, it's skipping rope. That's, that's just how they think of it. I did, in fact, I did this whole interview early on in the skipping movement with the BBC and we did the whole interview And then at the very end, it was like a very short, like two minute thing. And then at the very end, they said, and where do you buy your rope? (gasps) I said, oh, I don't skip with the rope. I just skip down the street, happily down the street. And they were like, what? No rope. (laughs) (laughs) That was the end of the interview. (laughs) I love it. That's funny. (laughs) So it's in the UK. Definitely. I always, if someone has a background from the UK, I explain to them that it's not no rope. (laughs) There are other, um, when I was in India, actually, um, I was in a fruit market. I have that on my YouTube channel. I have a video of that. And I was there for a Nia dance uh, retreat. It was amazing. And we visited this fruit market. And so I had someone shoot a video of me skipping through this fruit market. Yeah. And what I did, a man who had a, a stand there joined me and he started oh. skipping with me. And everyone in the fruit market 
he was so joyous and it was just spontaneous in the moment. And my friends who lived in India said they couldn't believe he did it because, you know, like there's definitely, uh, uh, you know, men who like, it's harder for men to skip overall than women, right. especially in India that he would have done that was very bold of him. And everyone was like, Oh, it was just like such a magical moment. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then not too long ago, I found out about through hashtags on Instagram, uh, there was a, uh, someone had a hashtag, the skipping movement. And there was a guy, he's originally from uh, California who lives in Norway, who had basically started an, a mirror image kind of thing to what I was doing. He was having people send him videos and, and in Norway, there was quite a, there's quite a skipping movement happening there as well. And that's what I love about my website is I get a, when I hear about these things I just celebrate their, their experiences um and and pull it into the overall movements wow I love that um you know something else that I really liked about your website is you've got a part on it that says skip tips yeah. and I love that because it talks about some of the ways that you can skip and yes skipping is intuitive I think so is walking so is running but also here we go back to that. As an adult, we kind of forget how to do things. Our, our body mechanics get funky because we've been sitting at desks for years at a time. And I just really liked and appreciated that you have some tips. And, and I wanted you to share some of those tips with our listeners in case they're thinking, yes, I want to go home and skip. And then they trip and break an ankle and tear a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to slow when you first start. Uh, when we first started skipping as adults, it's easy to just like get really enthusiastic and leap super high up into the air. And if you do that, you'll exhaust yourself very quickly. So I like to recommend that people stay low to the ground and do more of a low impact skip. It also works really well to blend uh, walking and skipping together. So that way you're not skipping for the whole time. You can like walk two steps, skip two steps, walk two steps, skip two steps. And that really helps to make it more manageable when you're first getting going. I like that. When I'm out in my neighborhood, I'll do like a thing where... I'll decide, okay, every, there's a lot of picket fences where I live in Petaluma, California. So I'll be like, every time there's a, pe a picket fence in the yard, I'm going to skip past the picket fence. That's really a fun way to do it. And then the best place to skip is in crosswalks because people are waiting for you to get by and, and they want you to go fast. It, like it helps them go fast. So I always, as much as possible when I'm in a crosswalk, I'll just start skipping and keep skipping past the chalk, the crosswalk and know that, you know, I'm sure they're like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> really fun. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Skipping on the treadmill is really great too. And in that case, I, I suggest walking, doing like a fast walking pace, like probably 3.8 or so to start and then blending, skipping again, the walking and skipping combo. So walk oh to skip to walk to skip to it's really fun at the gym to be skipping your little heart out next to two serious runners. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I love that idea. <laughs> now, what about with you and like your skipping journey? I mean, was this something that you were passionate about as a kid or what re what, what sparked your interest? What brought this back about for you in the first place? 
I don't really remember skipping a lot as a kid and my parents don't talk about that. I did have, I rode horses. And so we used to set up jumps in my backyard and we, I did a lot of galloping and pretending I was a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do know that. Um, but I hadn't skipped as an adult at all. And then I had just moved to San Francisco and I was out with some friends on a Friday and one of them said, let's skip. And we went, I went skipping in front of us and my other friend and I, and so I joined and in that moment, I had a vision. I mean, I really feel like this is my calling. And um, I had this vision that I should start a skipping movement. Like that if I would get my Burning Man friends to skip with me, that I could do publicity since that's what I do for my day job and that the media would cover it and then people would think it was okay. You know, I had the whole vision. Mm -hmm. Um, That was two years before I did anything about it. Wow. Um, I wasn't ready. And I even tried to recruit my friend to be the skipper and I would be her publicist. (laughs) (laughs) Not into physical fitness at all. Um, And it just, you know, I wasn't on my, it wasn't even close to on my radar yet. And then two years went by and then I had another just amazing series of synchronicities that led me up to a, a conversation with a friend who had told, I had tried to go running one day. I'm, I'm, I hate running. I had mm-hmm. like, never be a runner. And I had tried to go running and I made it like half a block and almost collapsed. And I, I was telling her how frustrated I was. And then in that same conversation, she told me about her daughter who was four or five, taking her by the hand at the mall and asking her to skip. And she said, and I did it, but I thought, man, adults don't skip. And when she said that, it was like the light bulb went off again. It was very clear. Like in all of my whole being, I knew that this was mine to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was right when the internet was getting going and my brother's really technologically savvy. So he helped me build the website. And then it basically like the vision that I had had two years before just manifested in such a huge way. I started organizing skips in San Francisco. And then the Chronicle did a big story called she'd like to teach the world to skip. Yes. Not on the wire. And then I started recruiting head skippers in different cities who, who were all excited about it. And this is like early social media. So there was no Facebook or any of that yet. And so I started, just did it all by email and I put them on my website and we would do multi-city skip days together. And it, and then the national media started reporting on it. And I was in People and Time and Newsweek. And I mean, it was amazing. And I was so inspired and emboldened by this experience of having found my calling and having it take me for this ride that I yes. basically, I quit my job. My dad would say, how does the cash register ring? I said, I don't know, dad. It's my calling. If I leap, the net will follow. Like I really, and it eventually has followed, but I had to like skip myself into financial ruin and really learn some hard lessons about balancing the world of spirit and the world of reality. Um, So it's just been an incredible journey. Um, And there's been times where I've been crawling on my knees more than skipping. um, But it always has come back. Like when I think the skipping movement's over, nope. some amazing person will email me and say, oh, I, I, I'm going to skip a marathon. Do you want to do a story about it? Or um, like the guy in Norway when I found him, or there's just been so many people over the years who have restored my faith in my calling, even when I may have thought it was going to be over. Right, right. And you know, I have to say, and and I hope this comes 
comes off the way that I'm intending it to be said. But for listeners who, who don't know, Kim is, she's the senior publicist at the book publisher New World Library. She is a quote-unquote normal person. She's a real person. She's not, as she said, this physical fitness expert who's decided to have, you know, some kitschy thing and take up skipping. It's, it's not a gimmick. It's not you know what I mean? She, she's, she's a real person who has found the joy of skipping. And to me, that makes it so much more realistic and more authentic for all of us to be skippers because she's not this big famous physical fitness person who has decided that the gimmick is skipping and she's going to teach the world to skip. And now we're going to pay her $60 million in fitness videos and endorsements. She's just like you and I are. She's, she's a real person. She's got a real job. And wow, this skipping thing has lit her fire. You, it, you know, and the thing is, from the very beginning, I, I briefly mentioned my Burning Man friends. I, I, I went to my first Burning Man in 1997. I've been like 15 or 16 times. And a wow. piece of the Burning Man ethos is that commercialism, everything doesn't have to be commercialized and that creativity is free and that you can, you know, the, and so from the very beginning, it was extremely important to me that skipping was free which frustrated my dad a lot because he'd be like, well, you need to do a membership model. You need to do this or that. And I would say, no, skipping's free. I, I, I really, d I want it to be able to be free, <laughs> which right. didn't so well when I was trying to find a way of supporting myself. Um, <laughs> but in the end it has, because it, my path eventually led me to New World Library where that, and you know, that, that was the result of going through the dark night of the soul and coming back on the other side and, and landing there and realizing that I could do that and have this amazing day job that I love that makes a huge difference in the world. And my skipping passion gets to be what it is on its mm -hmm. own. I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on our passions and our dreams and, and those kinds of things to support us. And a lot of times they can, but sometimes they don't. And it, and then we just, they fall to the wayside and we let them go where that juice and that life and the, energy that having something like that gives us is so important. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that about the skipping journey is that it's has skipping is free and I didn't try and find a way of commodifying it. And, and it's, it's just, it's still unique and special and it's a, it takes a special person to be able to skip and, and 20 years later, that's, it, it's true to its nature. Yes. Yes. And I really love that. And what I kind of want to do is take everything that we've been talking about up until this point and not really pivot, but give it a little bit of a framework. And I want to take your journey and you, Kim, as a person, you as somebody with passions, you as somebody with a career, you as somebody with a long history of ups and downs. You know, like you said, skipping yourself into financial ruin, fighting your way back, staying true to who you were with skipping being free. And I want to take that in terms of flaunt. And listeners, for those of you who don't know what flaunt is, flaunt is an acronym. And it stands for F, find your fetish, L, laugh out loud, AU, which is the golden center of flaunt is accept unconditionally, N is navigate the negative, and T is trust in your truth. So Kim, 
I would be willing to guess that skipping is one of your fetishes, but what are some of your other fetishes? What are the things that just get you so excited and passionate that you would want to do just for the sheer joy of doing them? Mm, that's a great question. Let's see. Well, I would say that the, uh, the Burning Man community, not necessarily going to the Burning Man event, um, but that whole, like, just that world of creativity for the sake of creativity would be one thing. Um, I love camping. <laughs> ah, yep. Yeah, I have the Skipmobile, and I love to just go be in nature and, and do that. Um, what else? Hmm, that's just what, that's what comes to mind. It's a hard, yeah, it's a hard one. And obviously skipping, I mean, yeah, skipping with, sure. yeah, because it seems to me like with or without being the head queen of this movement, you would probably be skipping regardless. Yes. I, it's so, it brings so much joy to my life. That's at the heart of it. Yeah. I love that. And you know, as somebody who doesn't know a lot about Burning Man, and I'm, it's my guess that some of the listeners might not know a whole lot about that either. Can you give us just a few, you know, a, a brief description of what that community is all about and the whole concept of creativity for the sake of creativity. And, you know, earlier you talked about making, not making things commercial. And, and, and I know I'd love to hear more about that. And I'm guessing our listeners would too. Sure. I would be happy to. So I went to my first Burning Man in 1997 when there was 15,000 people there. Um, now it is like 80,000 people and it's in it. So it, it is definitely like a whole nother thing that it was back then. But when I went to my first Burning Man, I had just moved to California from Indiana. I knew that it was clothing optional and mm -hmm. I almost didn't go because of that. I was so uh, just worried about body image and being this awkward Midwesterner with all these free spirited Californians and <laughs> who had invited me said, no, that's not what Burning Man's about. Burning Man is about being true to who you are as fully as possible and expressing yourself. It's very flauntesque actually. Um, <laughs> in that way. um, and so I went and by the end, I was topless and body painted and like, ay, 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 ay. and I found my, I found my inner wild woman. I found my creative spark. I, I stopped worrying about like, no matter what I was have done there, it, there was someone who was doing something so much farther out there than me that it was just like this wonderfully freeing way of looking at the world. And what it is, is for a week, every it's labor the week before labor day basically we build a temporary city called black rock city in the middle of the desert the black rock desert in nevada very very extreme weather conditions it's not for the faint no. of heart. if you don't drink water you die i mean it's like really oh. tense physically um and there's no commercial vending whatsoever so it's basically a, a city that people build just out of the for the sake of building it there's a lot a, a lot of really amazing huge scale art and much of that art is burned at the end huh. uh, it's kind of like the the monks who do the um the mandalas and then they it just goes away you know it's right like, it's not attached you're not attached to your creative out your, your product it's the creative process that's celebrated 
And so like the camp that I camp with is the Black Rock Roller Disco and we build a roller skating rink in the middle of the desert and bring all the skates and everything and people can skate there. Oh, uh, yeah, there is, uh, you can go get your hair washed at the hair salon. There's, uh, you know, bars and people giving out food. And so there's no money that's exchanged. It's all just for the sake of creating. And it's a live and let live kind of environment. And so when I came back from my first Burning Man, I just made the decision, like, wait a minute, like, just because everyone in this other world doesn't know how it feels to go operate like that and have that be your way of being in the world, like, I'm not going to go back to my old way of thinking. You know, it, it was very, very liberating and inspiring. And then the people that I met there and the community that I met there, all of whom have had that experience that's a huge reason why the skipping movement came to be because I was on the Burning Man media team and I came, I said, I'm thinking about doing this. And they didn't say, Oh, that's, you know, that's a nice idea or crazy idea or whatever. They said, Oh my gosh, let's, let's collaborate. I'll, I'll take pictures of you. Let's, I'll do a video interview with you. I'll come to your skips. You know, they, they just like held it up and supported the creative spark that I had and, and helped me get it going. So the Burning Man experience is a huge part of my, of the skipping. It, it's really hand in hand with the early skipping days for me. And now it's yeah. huge. There's 80,000 people there. It's not as uh, there. When I first went, there was a sign that said no spectators. This is part of the, you're not supposed to be spectating now because there's 80,000 people. There are a lot of spectators there. But right. back in the day, it was, I was like, Ooh, what does that mean? no spectators, you know, and, and, and everyone had these costumes and I didn't have anything. And my way of participating my first year was I'm very extroverted and I usually start conversations with people and that's who I am in the world. And I made the decision because I was just so like taken aback by this new reality that I was going to experiment with being an introvert. And so I decided that I wasn't going to initiate any conversations with anyone unless people started talking to me first and I was going to enjoy my inner experience. Wow. So the outside looking in, someone might've thought I wasn't participating at all, but in fact, I was having this really life-shifting experience. And by the end, that the last night I ended up meeting this opera singer who sang <laughs> opera to me out in the <laughs> desert. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was amazing, but it's just, it's, it's still a, an extremely amazing event for those who are, who are, you know, can handle the elements and know what they're getting into. You have to bring all your food and water for the week. I mean, it's, it's definitely rugged individualism, Wow! Uh, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I would encourage people to check out burningman.com to see the pictures of the art. I mean, like the, it's definitely art is like at the heart of Burning Man. I mean, it's amazing what people build and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Oh, I, I'm going to do that because I, I've never checked that out. So thank you for that. Sure. And that kind of leads into the second step of flaunt, which is the L, laugh out loud. And it seems to me like Burning Man, even though there's a lot of depth to that, it also feels like there's joy there. And I know there is definitely joy in skipping. And I just wanted to ask you what joy and laughter means to you and for you and how you continue to facilitate that joy and laughter. 
Oh, I love joy and laughter so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have one of those laughs. You know, I'm known for my laugh. My laugh is a homing device for people when we're at events. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I was actually um, uh, certified as a, a, a laughter leader for the laughter yoga movement at wow. <laughs> where everyone gets together and it's like organized laughter that like catches fire and then you're laughing you know like so I I love joy I love laughter I love the depth of joy I think it's beyond happiness um and I and I credit my skipping experience and getting to know that voice of joy and choosing it intentionally as as part of the reason it's such a strong it's nature nurture. I mean, I think I came into this life like that a bit, but it's also like I've really gotten to know it and played with it and enjoyed it over the years. Right. And what about those times when you are not in a state of joy or laughter? Because yes, you're right. I think we all kind of come in with it, but we also have, you know, like you mentioned, those dark nights of the soul. And how do you use that laughter um, to bring yourself up? And how do you find that laughter and that joy when it's momentarily gone? Well, I think that, that you can't skip past those hard times. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm a big fan of Abraham Hicks. Um, and they talk about that you can always reach for a, a more, the next, a more positive thought. Yes. So that doesn't mean that you're laughing and, you know, skipping joyously all around. Sometimes that means going from despair, if you're feeling total despair to anger, anger might feel a little bit more empowering than despair. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's being familiar with all of our emotions and realizing and not, not trying to skip past them and be with them and honor them and then know that we can always choose to, to reach for a more positive feeling thought. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Um, that moves again right into the next step of flaunt, which is that AU, the golden center, which is accept unconditionally. And, you know, that cuts both ways. It's about accepting ourselves unconditionally, and it's about accepting the world and other people unconditionally too. And I just kind of want to know your thoughts on unconditional acceptance first for you. For myself? Yes. Mm, like well, what, what's hard for you to accept about yourself? Well, I've always, my biggest um, area of improvement and struggle in my life has always been met with my relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I never had a great relationship with my body growing up. While I have a very positive, buoyant spirit and mind, my body for many, many years was the receptacle of my negativity and my judgment and my self-hatred and it's been quite a journey and starting really with getting into skipping and, and starting to have a way of moving my body to realize what an ally it is and to, to accept it and honor it and celebrate it no matter what condition it's in as far as like weight or, you know, like the, the just knowing what a gift my body is. And that's something I'm, I'm constantly still working on. Um, but I've come a long, long way. Uh-huh. That's a tough one. And I know because we all have that image in our head, I think, of what we're supposed to look like or how, how we're supposed to be. And it's rarely ever true. And, and I feel like a lot of people put off living and put off being happy because they think, well, I'll, I'll be happy once I lose 20 pounds. I'll be happy once I, you know, 
get in shape. And then that day never comes and then they don't allow themselves to be happy. Yeah. I, I came to the realization not too long ago that I needed to lose the negative voice in my head about my body way more than I needed to lose the 20 pounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> I needed <said>. to lose. <laughs> yes. Oh, well said. Well said. And now what about things that you find difficult to accept about the world or about other people? What are some of your challenges around that? I think that just uh, judgment. I, I I'm I think that overall that I that this is something that I'm pretty pretty good at, like allowing people to be where they are, mm-hmm. um, and even having. And again, I think that comes through from my experience with the Burning Man community and what I discovered there, and and just being like people live and let live. You know, like it's a a huge philosophy of mine. I struggle a lot, especially right now with the divisiveness that's going on around the divisiveness and around the judgment and around how, you know, we're, people are retreating to their either side and, and yes. are so attached to their ideas about how things should or shouldn't be that they like can completely demonize the other side. Like that's, I'd say that's, you know, and, and that's part of the process for people. And I need, that's, if I'm being completely unconditionally accepting, I would be able to accept that, but that's, I get really frustrated about that for sure. Right. No, I I hear you on that one. And the irony of judging those who are judgmental is not lost on me either because I I always notice that in myself as well. So thank you for pointing that out because (laughs) it is is comical and it's true. And (laughs) And it's so easy. It's a slippery slope. I mean, it's really... It's really easy to, to, to fall into that. Yeah, it really is. Especially right now. I mean, like never before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But sometimes I really think it's important to bring up negatives so they're exposed, so we can see them for what they are, and so we can get down to the root of the problem and hopefully shift things back around for good. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So speaking of negativity, the N in flaunt is about navigating the negative. And you had mentioned about skipping yourself into financial ruin. And I was just wondering if you could speak to some of the the negatives, the downsides, the struggles, those dark nights of the souls, and how you persevered and what you did to get over that. Yeah. I didn't even realize when I first started this, you know, I found my skipping calling. I was like, woohoo, I am set. Like in my mind, I thought that it was just going to be this straight shot upward. Like I was going to be forever, happily ever after. Yes. (laughs) And that's actually what happens in our relationships too, right? We fall in love and then we think, oh, it's going to be like this forever. Yes. then when I came to New World Library, I realized I could, but we publish um, Joseph Camp, the Joseph Campbell collection, and Joseph Campbell is known for the hero's journey, and that that's all about how when anything that's worth doing in the world, eventually, like we're called, we go through the calling, the honeymoon phase, and then there is there's challenges and the dark night of the soul that you need to come through to get out the other side. Um, I didn't even have that context and it helped me realize like, oh, okay, this doesn't mean that my dream was a bad idea. This doesn't mean that I should give up. It's just part of the process. And, and by then I was like coming, it was like the, it was what gave me this, the steps out to, to realize it was part of the process and to keep going and to not give up and to persist and to, to keep believing. I love that. 
Yeah. And in the times when, like when I didn't have that context yet, it was what I was saying earlier about really working on Abraham Hicks kind of things, reaching for the next positive thought. I also really, at the, during that time, realized that what I was being called to do wasn't necessarily just to invite the world to skip. At a deeper level, I was being called to say yes to whatever life was bringing to me. And hmm. it, it didn't look like I wanted it to look at the time. You know, I was working for this crazy 80 year old bodybuilder who <laughs> burst his heart disease by lifting weights. And he was <laughs> like, like, we fought all the time. And I, you know, it was like the really hard, but I would say, I would just really be like, wait a minute, I'm being called to say, how do I say yes to this? What lessons do I need to learn here? Obviously this wouldn't be happening if there wasn't something that I need to see in my inner world that I can shift that will help me, you know, be attracting more of what I want. So mm. I really worked with it that way and, and would try just, you know, as much as I could to accept where I was and, you know, I wasn't happy where I was, but then how do I just inch a little bit closer to a, a better feeling place as far as the perspective about what was going on? Right. So much wisdom there, you know, from the just from knowing the steps of the hero's journey that it is part of the process because I do believe we all have been raised in this fairy tale culture and there is no such thing as happily ever after. And it does frustrate me that as a society, we teach our people that it's all going to be good. You're going to grow up and it's going to be great. You're going to get married and it's going to be great. You're going to get a job and it's going to be great. And it's not that life isn't great. But I, I just love how you said that. Part of life is dealing with the challenge and accepting unconditionally. And I, you just spoke to that, I think, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, wrapping that kind of back around, that navigating the negative, Abraham Hicks, yes. I, too, love reaching for that next better thought. And what I like about that for listeners who don't know, there's like this emotional scale that they've got in some of the Abraham Hicks books. And it's just the, the, the range of emotion, the grade of emotion. So it's not asking a person to go from complete despair all the way up to joy. It's just saying, look at some of those emotions that are a little bit higher. And sometimes being in a state of anger, as Kim mentioned, or even revenge is a better feeling than being in complete despair. And it is just taking those little steps up. Now, you've also talked about skipping, helping the mind and the heart connect and create more joy. But do you have any other tips or tricks or tools that you can share with our listeners who might be thinking, well, this is really great for you, Kim and Laura, because I can tell you're really happy, positive people. And, oh yeah, it was tough, but I came out the other side. You don't know my journey. <laughs> yeah. When you're, I can remember when I, I was uh, in my dark night of the soul, uh, one, before I came to New World Library, I worked at the Learning Annex as a program director and I would go here the, you know, leading author speak. And that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's easy for you to say that. Because <laughs> right. Cause this was wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Well, another, a practice of, that I really enjoy that is, um, was 
can be really helpful when things aren't going the way you want is an equanimity meditation that I learned at, um, uh, at S when I was at a workshop at Esalen. Ooh, it's a mantra. So when I meditate, um, I say over and over in my mind, no matter how I wish things might be, things are as they are. May I be balanced and non-reactive no matter what comes. And when you say that, you imagine in your body how it feels to be unflappable when, when something goes wrong or when something doesn't look, if a coworker is making you mad and you just say that, and then you like, how does it feel in my body to just let go? And wow. if you're doing that during times when it's not stressful, then that energy, it's kind of like the same similar to skipping that you can grab the joy, but yes. that's just like more just detached, let go. I don't need to control this. No matter what's going on, I can, can just be where I am. Um, it really helps, helps to strengthen that muscle for times when things do get a little testy. And it also like uh, my husband, I always say like, it helps me. I've made up the word equanimous. It helps me know when I'm not being equanimous. That's a perfect like, word. Bite his head off, you know, and then I'll be like, oh, that wasn't very, that wasn't good. <laughs> so I would just offer that as, you know, again, and, and we have to, to do, sometimes you just have to do the work and, and that may, to someone who's in that dark place might be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. But it's our choice, whether we take action steps to, to make things better. And when we do, they do eventually improve. It just can take some time. I like to say divine timing can be a real bitch sometimes. <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, and then the last part of flaunt is T, which is trust in your truth. And I feel like this whole interview was kind of, you know, circling back to your truth. Your truth is that you're a happy person. Your truth is that even though things have been difficult, you have got this amazing laugh. Even though things didn't turn out the way you thought they would in the timing that you thought they would, you still stuck with it. So I want to hear more about who is Kim exclusive of her labels, her roles, her scripts. And it doesn't matter to me if you describe yourself as a color or a flavor or a sensation, but I just want you to describe the true essence of your heart and your soul. Mm, wow. Mm. Well, you know, like on the outside, it's like rainbow, unicorn, sparkly, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, but there's also a very deep, um, you know, quiet place within me as well. Um, and I think that, that when it comes to inner truth, it's like really honoring and knowing that we all have that inner voice that's completely separate of, of the world around us. I mean, when I, I first heard mine when I was, uh, I, when I was in college and my, um, I was, I just wasn't going well. I didn't get picked for a sorority and I, I was not having a good experience. And I started waitressing at Cracker Barrel. I was a four-star waitress at Cracker Barrel and I loved my job. And that voice in my heart said, maybe you should quit college and just be a waitress for a while. Uh-huh started me on this journey of my dad said, you know, well, let's, let's have you go to a career counselor. And then if you still want to quit your job, you can, but it was the first time. And I ended up staying in school because I found a, a path 
through that. But it was the first time that voice that's just my voice, you know, like that I I don't even know how I would even describe it other than it's just mine. And it's my guiding principle that sometimes says something completely different than what the world or my parents or what anyone else said. Like that quiet place within me is who I truly am. And sometimes it's really hard to hear it. Um, and sometimes it doesn't speak up for a long time. And sometimes it speaks very clearly about what I'm supposed to be doing now that I, I know what it is, but I feel like that is at the heart of who I truly am. Oh, that's beautiful. I really like that. And then the last question I want you to share with me and share with the listeners from your heart the biggest, most grandest, glorious, rainbow-covered, sparkly, unicorny <laughs> dream for the future of you and for the future of skipping? Oh, well, the, at the heart of my dream is my book um, that I am just now, I've been working on it for 20 years, and I've been trying to write it. I was writing it all throughout the hero's journey. And it's just now I'm at a place where I can look back at the whole thing and write from this new voice that I have discovered that's with all the wisdom from the experience folded in. So, so the dream and the vision is just as I'm getting back into writing this book, like having it just flow and be a joyous experience having skipping, having my hand skip across the page as much as possible while I'm writing it. And then having that be out in the world and having my story, being able to write about my story in a way that empowers other people to find their inner truth and whatever their version of skipping is. Um, and knowing that life can call, call us to do anything. I mean, I think my story really proves that I never would have thought I, I want to start a skipping movement when I was a kid. Um, right. But that life can call us to do anything and that if we seek, we will find. And just really putting that out in the world in a way that will empower more and more people to find their inner truth and, and bring it out into the world. Because I feel like that's, that's what we're here for. And that's what the world needs more than ever right now. Oh, I agree. So where can listeners find out more about you and about skipping? Iskip.com is the, uh, the mothership. Um, (laughs) That's the best place to go. Um, And then uh, New World Library is newworldlibrary.com. We didn't talk very much about that today, but where we publish your book, of course. Yes. um, And that's just another huge part of my work and heart. Exactly. And how do those two things dovetail together? Because uh, we have talked about, you know, you as the skipping queen, and then we're like, oh yeah, and she works for New World Library. How does that support and overlay and work with your skipping passion? Well, definitely realizing through the working with so many authors and these teachings that having a context for my own journey has been important. Um, and, and then getting to connect with people like you who are, who are doing their, bringing their truths into the world and, um, and being in community, working together to shift consciousness on the planet in a more positive direction. That, that's always what I loved most about my skipping movement was that I was, I had a way of changing the world for the better. And when I landed at New World Library, I realized like, I thought that that was going to be my only way and that the universe had something even bigger and better in store for me 
that I could do in conjunction with the skipping movement. So they, they really go hand in hand and, um, and I'm really grateful for both experiences. Oh, absolutely. And, and just from my experience with New World Library, you know, books that change lives, they do change lives. And that's what I love about skipping, even though it's not a book yet, and it will be, <laughs> but skipping is a modality that people can use to change lives. Reading is a thing that people can do to change lives. There's so many different things that we can do to change lives. And to me, I just love the synchronicity and the synergy between the movement and the book and the mission of the company and that you work there and that it, it just seems amazing. And I, I just love that. Yeah. I always like to say onward and upward together, we can change the world. Absolutely. And onward and upward, we are changing the world. And listeners, if you have any questions or comments, or if you want to reach out to Kim, please do so. Please check out her website, iskip.com. And again, it's the, it, it, it's I, it's not like E-Y-E, it's I, <laughs> like iPhone, I, iskip.com. Um, it's an amazing website. She's got information about her, the benefits of skipping, information on how to start skipping, skipping tips. She's got an FAQ. She's got videos. One of my favorite is skipping down the aisle when Kim got married. Um, such a great website, such a wealth of information. So have a fantastic, amazing week. I challenge you all to head out and do a little bit of skipping today, whether it's in your backyard or whether it's down the street or whether it's on the way to a business meeting or whether you are skipping down the aisle. Please just play around with some skipping and then report back and let us know what it does for you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You guys all have an amazing, fantastic week. I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to flaunt. Build your dreams. Live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at laurachedle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 